0: Thank you, loving Father, for giving us life. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege. We pray, Lord, that you consecrate our lives to your service. We ask that you'd give us power to become sons of God indeed. We pray that as we go through our devotion, the words we would read shall be words that will indeed sanctify our soul. Grant us the gift of your Spirit and put your words in our own mouth to that will speak blessings, sanctification to those who listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling July 17 Working the Minds of Truth The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Psalm chapter 119, verse 130. I feel a special interest in our youth who are interested in the truth. I am anxious that you should press your way forward and upward in order that you shall reach the standard of Christian character that is revealed in the Word of God. Let the Word of God be your guidebook that in everything you may be molded in conduct and character according to its requirements. The only way in which the Christian will be able to keep himself unsported from worldly influence will be by searching the scriptures and by obeying the word of God to the very letter. Satan is playing the game of life for every soul, but no one needs to be overcome by his deceptive reasoning. Those only who consent to his sophistry will be deceived by his counsels. But if the truth of God regulates the life, it must be planted in the heart. The truth will produce true beauty in the soul that will be revealed in the character. But if this result is attained, it will be because the truth is cultivated and cherished. The Bible is to be your standard. The living oracles of Jehovah are to be your guide. You are to dig for the truth as for hidden treasures. You are to find where the treasure is and then you are to plow every inch of that field to get the jewels. You are to work the minds of truth for new jewels for new gems, for new diamonds, and you will find them. As the true seeker, after the truth, reads the word and opens his mind to receive the word, he longs after truth with his whole heart. The love, the pity, the tenderness, the courtesy, the Christian politeness, which will be the elements in the heavenly mansions that Christ has gone to prepare for those that love him, take possession of his soul. Let the youth be taught to love the study of the Bible. Let the first place in our thoughts and affections be given to the book of books, for it contains knowledge which we need above all other. Amen. The title of our devotion is Working the Mines of Truth. Truth here is being likened to something that is buried in the ground and needs to be worked before we can find it. The way we work on a mine gold and diamonds truth is fact in fact is more valuable than these precious stones and we must learn to walk the mind of truth but I want us to understand first why why are we walking the mind of truth our key text Psalm 119 verse 130 says the entrance of thy words giveth light it giveth understanding unto the simple our hearts are very simple and simplicity of mind means that we are not sophisticated enough to understand the wiles and sophistries and deceptions of Satan. Simplicity in this sense does not mean one who is uh, like say, humble or simple in the sense of not being proud. No, giving wisdom to the simple and light and understanding is a simple means that the man or the person who has that mind of a child that is cannot discern his left from his right cannot understand when he is being misled cannot see clearly when he is being deceived cannot understand the sophistries, deceptions and wiles of, of evil because many ignorantly enter into sin many cannot tell the steps little, little steps that lead one into a path of destruction ignorantly many fall into into uh, bad habits learn corrupting practices whereas they did not know what could could not tell where they were being led little by little they were there they were getting there but if the heart was not simple if it was enlightened and the understanding was given to it by the word of god that mind could have been able to tell and see evil from afar And be able to hide from it or avoid it, pass not by that way and not be affected by it. Read further in our devotion, our High Calling, page 204, paragraph 3, the only way in which the Christian will be able to keep himself unsported from the worldly influences will be by searching the scriptures and by obeying the word of God to the very letter satan is playing the game of life for every soul but no one needs to be overcome by his deceptive reasoning those only who consent to his sophistry will be deceived by his counsels so how do we overcome i read the next statement but if the truth of god regulates the life it must be planted in the heart going on it says the truth will produce true beauty in the soul that will be revealed in the character. Now, the next statement is very telling. But if this result is attained, it will be because the truth is cultivated and cherished. So, the Lord wants us to understand that if we must overcome the sophistries of Satan, his deception, his sneers, if we must be able to discern it, our eyes must be open to see things that we were not seeing before, to tell when evil is coming oh for lack of this i have seen many led to do things that they wouldn't have done before if only they could tell that someone was leading them on in a direction that would cause them to sin against god if only their heart was not simple and if they were enlightened by the word of god they would be able to see those things that look innocent but yet, they are not innocent. They will be able to understand dark sayings, like the Bible says. They will get wisdom from heaven. That they need not enter into sin. The Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth evil and hides himself. But the fools pass on and are punished. That is Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. And also in Proverbs 27, verse 12, it uh, says the same thing. So, how does the prudent man foresee evil? Does does he have any special capacity? It is through the word. When we read the book of Proverbs chapter 1, it starts by saying the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity to give subtlety to the simple to the young man knowledge and discretion a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel to understand the proverb and the interpretation the words of the wise and their dark sayings the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction here in what i just read now which is proverbs chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 7 god is telling us what the truth will do for us to give us subtlety We are in a warfare and our enemy, Satan, uses intelligence against us. His snares are difficult to discern. When he is leading you into evil, you will not even be able to tell that it is him. Neither will you see the evil in the thing he is telling you or he is making you to do because he will cloak it with outward garments of innocence and righteousness, apparent righteousness. But unless you have subtlety, unless you understand dark sayings, unless you are enlightened with the Word of God, unless you are understanding Proverbs and the interpretation thereof, unless you are receiving instruction from God to know wisdom, justice and judgment, unless you have discretion, unless you have these things. You will be led on by his sophistries and deceived. Unless the truth is in the heart, the devil will take control of the soul. But how can the truth be planted in the heart? As we saw in our reading, if the truth is planted in the heart, it's because the truth is cultivated and cherished. So that's where we need to focus on because what we are seeing now is that we need to be led by the word of god it must be our standard and by the standard of the word of god we will be led into parts of righteousness we will not be deceived by satan oh i have seen many like i have said even in my, my own life i have been deceived innocently thinking oh there's nothing wrong with this thing only for you to get into it and then when you realize after some time that you have been deceived and you have been led into sin you look back and you wonder where did i how did i get to this and you realize that the problem is not that scene itself there was something else that you did not see which if you had discretion if you had the wisdom if you had understanding if you understood dark sayings you wouldn't have even gone that far you would have seen it from the onset you would have been the prudent man that foresees evil and you would have hidden yourself there are little things that people say There are some little actions people do, that if you are not simple minded but if you are sophisticated, if you have discretion, if you have understanding, if you understand dark sayings, if you have subtlety, you will know, you will not need to go very far, just from the beginning, you will foresee the evil, you can calculate it from where you are now and know the next two years or know the next three moments or three hours and know where this thing is leading and then you'll say no thank you i cannot do this i cannot engage in this but the simple minded will not see it there is innocence in everything oh there's nothing there we ask them why are you doing oh there's nothing there everything there's nothing there why because you, you lack subtlety You lack the understanding to see deeply into things and understand that there's something wrong with this thing. Let us take for example, some things we usually talk about here. When we talk about cartoons, I mean, what is so wrong with the cartoons? The most innocent thing, cloaked with rats and mice and things that look so beautiful, eh? Aladdin and Jasmine. mm. Beauty and the Beast, Tom and Jerry—all cloaked in very wonderful things—but you don't know that you are receiving the in-depth knowledge of spiritualism and satanic suggestions and satanic education raw. All only that it is just cloaked but the innocent minded the simple let me not say innocent simple minded who is not subtle enough and lacks discretion will look at those things and say why are these people condemning this thing? what is so wrong with it not understanding that the devil is educating you but because we lack understanding we are led on to do evil through those things I remember when I was younger when the young boy my brother went in school he told me that something happened in his class what was it a boy wanted to sit down and another one took a pen and dropped it on, held it hard on the, on the seat so that the boy sat on the pen. And when the boy sat on the pen, he was bleeding. And I what do we do normally? We are taught to laugh at such things through Tom and Jerry. Because when they are doing their pranks in Tom and Jerry, when the, when, 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 when the cat sits on the, on the knife or the fork, it, it, it causes laughter. It now becomes comedy to us. Who is educating us in that way? The devil. And then children will laugh at such things. At the misery and pain of someone else. Sadism. But who taught? Who taught it? The devil. He cloaked it in comedy. And then we received such de- satanic education. This is just an example. And when it comes to things like adultery, for example. Oh, there's nothing there. Everything, there's nothing there. Hog. Hug. Hold hands, no social reform. Do everything, but you don't know that the devil is leading you on. If you understood what social reform was, that being social doesn't mean that there should be looseness in behaviour, undue familiarity, and all those other unwarranted liberties that are taken. Put my young lady putting the head on the shoulder of another young another young man, and they are saying, "No, oh, we're just friends." All those kind of things. You lack understanding. You lack discretion. You don't know you are leading yourself on. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about that if the truth is in the heart, we will be able to understand the sophistries of Satan. If we are guided by the Word of God, if we make the Word of God our standard, then we'll be able to understand. Then, what's more, we have deception, satanic teachings, I mean, heresies. If we don't know the Word of God, we will imbibe and follow heretical teachings people don't know what does the bible say about this particular issue or that issue we must dig for the truth as for hidden treasures if we must know what the word of god says about the different situations that are that we encounter in this present world satan has changed sin its name its appearance but it is still the same thing for example, we talk about uh, things like uh, uh, "thou shalt not kill," "thou shalt not commit adultery." It has been, it has become sophisticated these days. What adultery is, what spiritualism is, all those things have changed. But it is still the same witchcraft. Witchcraft is still existing, but it has transformed itself into things like the movies, hmm? those things. You see, so Satan has changed the manner of his, the appearance of sin. So that we cannot recognize it for what it is, but if we understood, if we allow the Word of God to be our guide and understood it in depth, dig for truth as for hidden treasure, the way gold is dug for and diamond, if we will study the Word of God, we will find help in time of need. So now, how do we do this? How do we cultivate? Because we are told that if we do this, if the result is attained, it will be because the truth is cultivated and cherished. So that's what I want to read now on how to cultivate the truth. I'll be reading from the book, Christ's Object Lessons, page 56 and downward, page 56 downward. It says the garden of the heart must be cultivated. Remember, we want to understand how. So let's see it now. Firstly, the soil must be broken up by deep repentance for sin. So, what does it mean to cultivate the that the truth? Because the truth, the truth is the truth, is the seed. There's nothing wrong with it. Cultivating the truth actually refers to cultivating the soil, which is the heart. When the soil is properly cultivated, then the soul, the, the, the truth will take root and be able to bring forth good fruit. So, talking about the heart now, that's the way you cultivate the truth. Broken up by deep repentance for sin. We'll come back to, under, to understand what we do to help ourselves to break up the soil, the hard soil, by deep repentance. We'll come back to that. Let's continue the reading. It says, poisonous satanic plants must be uprooted. The soil, once overgrown by thorns, can be reclaimed only by diligent labor. So, what are these poisonous satanic plants and the thorns? Poisonous, that is, things, teachings. There are the plants now. Teachings that are false, that will lead us to death. Because that's what poisons do, they kill. And then, thorns. What are thorns? Jesus himself explained. When he was telling the parable of the sower, he said that the seed, which is the truth, was planted in a certain heart, but it was choked by thorns. What does these thorns represent? He said that those thorns represent the cares of this life, the pleasures of sin, and the lust of other things. That represents the thorns. If you sow the seed of truth in a heart that still has the cares of this life absorbing it, that still loves the pleasures of sin and still has desire for other things, the lust of other things, that truth will not bring forth good fruit. It will be choked. So, if the truth must have a result in the heart, we must remove the poisonous plants, the choking plants of thorns these cares of this life you must rest yourself in god and stop worrying yourself over like we did in our previous devotions money material things you must ensure that those disturbances are taken out of the way because if you still have the lust of other things and desire for riches yes that's part of it so those are the four things the thorns represent cares of this life the desire for riches the the, the lust of other things and the pleasures of sin If you still have desire for riches, the cares of this life, Oh, I want to take care of this. I need to do that. I need to do this. Oh, my my PhD, my dad. Oh, I need to take care of my children. The Lord says, don't worry yourself about those things. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Seek first the righteousness of God and his kingdom. All these things will be added unto you. But if we still allow these thorns in our lives, the truth cannot have its effect. What's more for cultivating the heart? It says, So the evil tendencies of the natural heart can be overcome only by earnest effort in the name and strength of Jesus. The Lord bids us by his prophet, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. That's Jeremiah 4 verse 3. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Hosea 10 verse 12. This work he desires to accomplish for us and he asks us to cooperate with him. So, let us talk about breaking up the fallow ground. If you, only if you remove the thorns, if the ground is still, still hard as a stone. No truth is entering into that place, no truth. So how do we break it up? By deep repentance. So how can we work about repentance in ourselves and others? I read now, the sowers of the seed have a work to do in preparing the hearts to receive the gospel. In the ministry of the word there is too much sermonizing and too little of real heart-to-heart work. So. There is need of personal labor for the souls of the lost. In Christ-like sympathy, we should come close to men individually and seek to awaken their interest in the great things of eternal life. Their hearts may be as hard as the beaten highway, and apparently it may be a useless effort to present the Savior to them but while logic may fail to move and argument be powerless to convince the love of Christ revealed in personal ministry may soften the stony heart so that the seed of truth can take root so how do we soften the heart? the love of Christ so how can one bring the love of Christ to people? show them about Christ talk to that stony heart let them see that God loves them and even you even me if our hearts are stony let us think of the goodness of god let us contemplate his love for us let us go on our knees and pray to god and say lord i know you love me but my eyes may not be seen the things you have done to show me your love i'm not appreciating it enough please touch my heart so that i can understand and know the love of god because i know that once we are touched by the love of god our hearts will be broken people can sit under the stories of hearing the death of jesus and yet their heart is still hard we need to pray for those souls and pray for our souls also that it may be broken it may be touched by the love of god displayed in the way he takes care of us on a daily basis displayed especially in the death of jesus on the cross of calvary for our sins i may talk about it but yet it's not touching us we need to be touched by this and the heart will be broken into repentance, it is this way that we can then sow, but remember, we must remove the thorns, we must remove the thorns, and then the truth will take root, so the sowers have something to do that the seed may not be choked by thorns or perish because of the shallowness of the soil. so those are two things. While we break up the soil, we can sow deep, not on the shallow ground, but we will now sow the truth deeply. And also, while sowing it deeply, remove thorns so that the truth can have space to grow and, and take deep roots. So, I pray that God will help us so that we have this experience of sowing the truth deeply in our hearts. And not just sowing it deeply in the heart, but also removing the thorns that is causing it not to grow and have the word of God as our standard so that we can overcome and escape the snares
1: of Satan. Amen. Amen. The text says, I'll read from the third paragraph. It says, The only way in which the Christian will be able to keep himself unsported from worldly influence will be by searching the scriptures and by obeying the word of God to the very letter. I don't know why this simple statement bears such weight of practical evidence and is still missed. This target is too big to miss. The only way. That means there are other ways. And there is also a way that seems right. It might make sense to you, the way you're taking now, But the reading is saying that the only way in which the Christian will be able to keep himself unsported from worldly influence will be by searching the scriptures and by obeying the word of God to the very letter. The scriptures are our safeguard. You understand that Satan is trying to use the influence of the world to sport our garments to stain the garment, the white robe of character that Christ by faith had given to the church. And we know that Jesus is coming for a church which is without spot or wrinkle. So fellow sentinels, be sober, be vigilant, wake up, be wise. You see, all what our brother just told us now, this, the ways, the snares, Satan is playing a game, the game of life with you. He is using things that have no foundation in scriptures to lay snares for your feet. A whisper from a friend. Those pornographic images you now enjoy secretly. Did you know that the neurons that fire in the brain of the actors also will fire in the brains of the viewers? It's as if you are partaking of it and the next thing that will happen is for the opportunity you see yourself looking for the opportunity to practice what you've just learned you're demeaning your soul by allowing pictures you're not guarding the avenues of the mind you allow what your eyes delight to see instead of turning your eyes from evil you delight to look at them to hear them and so your mind is corrupted so many and now involved, and now hooked, addicted to self-abuse. So the mind is corrupt. The influence of the world had corrupted the pure thought that you used to have. You cannot think. You cannot meditate on the scriptures anymore. Every time you want to think, the thought of the pictures you've been seeing will be blocking the memory. The only safeguard is going back to the scriptures and dwell on them and meditate on them until it will eventually root out all those pictures you've allowed your mind to dwell upon. The reading is calling our attention to the influences of the world. What about football? All these mad craze about football. These so-called mad lovers of the game. As a Christian, very soon, sooner rather than later, you see yourself becoming argumentative. You want to win argument and you carry that spirit into the Christian life. And so when somebody is asking you a simple question, when a Muslim is trying to inquire from you, you jump into an argument, into a rant and a rage and you will win the argument but you will lose souls for whom Christ died. You are scattering from Christ. Because you've learned in the school of Satan. Scarting rebukes and remarks and sarcasm and jesting and joking. Instead of presenting with humility and with prayer the pure word of Bible truth. And most times some people are so busy looking for answers. And some are looking for germs. Looking for gold and diamond to the neglect of the germ. The gem field of the scriptures. People cross continents in search of gold. And we hear the story. How has it been for our search for diamond and gold? The largest alluvial diamond ever found was in Sierra Leone. The star of Sierra Leone. 969 carats. And it was sold for 2.5 million dollars in 1979. Gone. In 1905, the largest of any kind of diamond was found in the Cullinan field by a man who was just passing, he was just walking by and saw it. And today, it's gone and dusted. Put all the diamonds together with the gold in the wall and compare it to the valley of your soul. All walls will fade into insignificance. What shall it profit to man if he shall gain the whole world, and yet he loses his soul? Beloved, the city that we are talking about here is a place where germs are used for the foundations. Stones more precious than diamonds are used for the foundation of the city and the gates. Can you imagine a man walking in heaven with gold on his neck when gold is what is the material being used for the streets imagine how foolish he will look and so we die here in search of gold people go in such a gold and dig and die in the pit whilst neglecting the true gold of the scriptures the entrance of thy word give it light and give it understanding unto the simple let it be light and there was light see when light came it dispelled the darkness have you heard people also say knowledge is light and when you ask someone about something that maybe they don't know they say i am in the dark or simply saying i lack the knowledge i am ignorant about it so we conclude that Hosea 4 verse 6 when he says my people perish because of lack of knowledge it's actually saying that it is the ignorance of prioritizing things, making the main thing the main thing. That is the reason why people die today, they perish. I see it happen in career choices, in marriage choices, and especially in disease treatments. Example, look at the disease like type 2 diabetes. In an attempt to bring this, the blood sugar down, they will put you on insulin. However, sugar, diabetes, is the smoke or symptoms. Insulin is the fire. But because they don't know how to put you off, how to put off the fire, the smoke keep rising. So you will be on the drug for the rest of your life, whilst developing other illnesses along the, the journey. Whereas if you had the knowledge, you will learn to put off the fire. And so because you refuse to follow the laws of health, Jeremiah says, In vain shalt thou use many medicines, for thou shalt not be cured. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy Lord, I will also forget thy children. In other words, you cannot represent me in ignorance. I will also reject thee from being a priest to me. You have forgotten the law. I will also forget your children. So my question today is, can you repeat the words of the Ten Commandments by heart? The very first line of the commandments, can you remember it? Even the one that has the word, remember, the world has forgotten. I'll read from Prophet and Kings 279, or rather 297, it says, had Israel heeded the messages of the prophets, they would have been spared the humiliation that followed. It was because they had persisted in turning aside from his law that God Was compelled to let them go into captivity. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 again. In every age, transgression of God's law has been followed by the same result the reason why there is weeping in the family today the reason why there is captivity we are under in bondage as it were the reason why there is so much cry in the society today is because we have forgotten the law of our God and so darkness fills the land grows darkness the people how can the world enter when you don't even know where your Bible is anymore. People have come to the point where they believe that they won't buy a Bible. They're looking for somebody to give them Bibles free. You have people who have phones that are expensive in their hands. They bought it with their money, but they will not buy a Bible. They prize the things of the world above the eternal. And if you, even if you give them, they will not even read it. So God is calling our attention to make the main thing, the main thing. Job chapter 22, Eliphaz was making the comment. He said, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. You see, when the mind of man is brought into communion with the mind of God, the finite with the infinite. The effect on body and mind and soul is beyond estimate. In such communion is found the highest education. It is God's own method of development. Mm-hmm. If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then shalt thou lay up gold as dust, and the gold of all fire as the stones of the brook. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shalt lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, There is a lifting up and he shall save the humble person. He shall deliver the islands of the innocent and it shall be delivered by the pureness of thine hands. Hallelujah. So we see Beloved, God has called us, we have everything we need in the Scriptures. Let the Bible be your standard. The living oracles of Jehovah are to be your guide. You are to walk the mines of truth for new jewels, for new germs, for new diamonds, and you will find them. He said, you will seek me and find me if you seek me with all thy heart. The time has come where we must consciously begin to seek for Jesus. We have tried so many things and we see that he will not lead us anywhere. Let the youth be taught to love the study of the Bible. Let the first place in your thoughts and affections be given to the book of books. For it contains knowledge which we need above all other. And so we see now we've come to that point, to that place where we shall make sure of our election. As the true seeker, after the truth reads the word and opens his mind to receive the word, He longs after truth with his whole heart. And so, beloved, let us open our hearts. Let the light enter. Let the word enter. As in Revelation, where it says that when the, the seed of David, the root of David, opened the book and loosed the seals thereof, and then weeping ceased. Weeping will cease in our lives as we open the book. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for the blessedness of your word. We thank you for the life-given power, for strength that is available for us. We thank you for encouraging us to come and commune with you. You've cut out time where we are to, to, to meet you together in study and prayer. O Lord, because of the busyness and the rushing and the bustling and hustling of the world, we have neglected you to the neglect of our own soul's salvation. O Lord, we pray that you bring us back to this place, to where we began, where we will find joy in communion, where as we begin to read and commune with you, we will find it impossible to break that fellowship. O Lord, give us the mind of Christ. Where we will enjoy and take pleasure and delight in your Lord. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.